When it comes to mental health, one of the biggest complaints that I get from the women that I work with is that they know the things that are good for their health and good for their happiness. They struggle with being consistent with these things, these habits that they know are good for them. And in this week's episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'm going to share the tips that I've shared with these patients of mine who have successfully been able to start new habits and several months later are still keeping up with them. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. The reason I love my work as a therapist so much is that it combines some of my favorite things. So one, psychology. I've always been so fascinated by the way the mind works, why people do what they do. One of my majors in universities was psychology and all my psych classes were my absolute favorites. And I just love the mind. It's my favorite organ. Number two, well-being and wellness. And so not just physical well-being, but emotional and spiritual well-being. It's one of my core values. And so I bring that into my work as well. So when I'm helping patients, their well-being is at the focus of what we're doing, well-being in their emotions, well-being in their relationships, and sometimes even in their finances. Number three is teaching. In fact, when I was growing up, people would ask me what I wanted to be. I would say I wanted to be a teacher. And so teaching and empowering people through knowledge, as I help them understand why they do what they do, it absolutely lights me up. And then finally, I get to give advice or wisdom, as a lot of my patients have called it. And so that's another thing that I love to do in my day-to-day life if I feel like I have experience or knowledge or wisdom is in a certain area. I'm always offering advice, sometimes unsolicited, but when I'm at work, patients receive it and they may not love to hear it, but they realize that if they put the advice into action, it really does make a difference. And one of the many ways that I get to apply all these things that I love so much to psychology, teaching, sharing wisdom in order to enhance the well-being of a person is when my patients and I are working on habits. And so many times, in fact, I would say 100% of the time, we are working on habits, whether it's habits of communication, habits of spending, or just day-to-day habits when it comes to maintaining fundamental human needs like sleep and exercise and hydration. We're always working on one habit or another Optimizing behavior is a big part of the form of therapy that I primarily offer, cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. The things we do and the things we don't do can drive our moods, our feelings, our emotions very, very powerfully. So behaviors like spending time outside to get some sunshine, vitamin D, and some fresh air 
or even decluttering your space, getting rid of your old books, piled up paper, old makeup, right? Just declaring your space because a clear space leads to a clear mind. Some of this I discussed in last week's episode when I talked about non-traditional ways I reduce my stress, which you should definitely check out, or even taking walks in nature. If you're lucky enough to live somewhere where you have access to a hiking trail, just being outside, hearing the rivers flowing, the birds chirping, the wind blowing, even gardening. Gardening, a lot of people find therapeutic. Gratitude journaling, which I've also discussed the power of gratitude. Exercising, getting those endorphins going. Praying as well. Praying has also been studied. And people who have a sense of faith also have been shown to have better mental health. And that's also been studied. High quality socializing, social interactions with friends and family who enrich you, who make you laugh, who don't drain you, but energize you. And then of course, sleep, which I've also discussed in previous episodes. These are just a few habits, like I said, that have been researched and studied and well-documented to improve mental health and well-being. The problem though, is that although these things are very simple in theory, that does not necessarily make them easy. They're not always easy easy to do. So they're simple concepts, but that doesn't translate into them being easy. They're not always easy habits to start. And even if you manage to start them, they're also not easy to sustain and stay consistent with them. In fact, one of my patients just yesterday, she was like, you know, Dr. Yawande, when you talk about these things, they sound so easy. It makes a lot of sense. Of course, it's common sense to sleep better, to exercise. We all know these are things that we're supposed to do. It sounds so simple. It makes sense. But staying consistent with all of it is my biggest struggle. And of course, I went on to share and teach her what I am going to be sharing with you today in this episode of Happy Without Medicine. And I'm hoping that by the time you're done listening, you'll have a solid blueprint for creating and maintaining good habits that will optimize your well-being. And so on to the practical part of the episode. So the first thing I tell my patients is to set a goal for themselves and to write it down. So usually I'm sharing some sort of worksheet with them where they go through a list of habits that they want to start working on. And I tell them to pick a maximum of three. So some examples of habits on that list are exercising, like I mentioned before, praying, stretching, even journaling, spending time with loved ones. And so there's a list of different habits that that are on this worksheet. And so then they start the ones that they want to work on. And we pick three, not to get too overwhelming with we pick three. And then we write it down. I get them to write it down and they write it down. And then When it comes to goals, I always encourage that we make the goal as specific as possible. And so instead of saying something like, I want to be more active, it would be something like, I want to start lifting weights again three times a week. And then we run through what that might look like. Is it in the mornings you're going to do it? Are we going to experiment with doing that at your lunch hour? What does that look like? And so we actually go into the nitty gritty. We don't just throw the goal out there. We actually 
try to be as specific with the goal as possible. And so that's the first step is to figure out which habit it is that you want to start working on and write the goal down and make the goal as specific as possible. The next step is we then take advantage of the way habits form. And this is a concept that has also been studied in psychology, which is step two in this process is the reminder. Psychologists call it the cue. I like to call it the reminder because all that is, is some sort of visual reminder or some sort of auditory reminder that will remind you to get started with this habit that it is that you want to start. So I had a patient that I was working with last year and because of the pandemic, she had fallen out of the habit of walking and she would walk about an hour to 90 minutes a day. And so walking was a big part of her life before the pandemic hit. And one of the things that we were working on is getting those habits back, those things that made her feel good, getting them back. And walking was a a goal that she had. So step one was set a goal and walking five days a week was a goal that she had. So in her case, we brainstormed what are some of the reminders that will help trigger this habit. And for her, it was removing her shoes from her closet, which she had tucked them away. Her walking shoes were tucked away, removing them from the closet and actually putting them out where she could see them. And for her, it was beside her door. Her door was next to the kitchen. And so going in and out, the kitchen obviously is one of the areas of our house that gets the most traffic. So passing by the kitchen, she's able to see her shoes. And that's a reminder that she has set the goal to walk five times a week. So for other people, the reminder might be, maybe you say you want to start journaling every morning. The reminder might be having your journal and your pen out and maybe a sticky note that says it's time to journal. Or maybe you want to get into the habit of flossing. The reminder might be putting a sticky note on your mirror saying floss after you brush your teeth. And so something to sort of trigger that habit is going to be really important because Yes, you can set the goal, which is a very important step, but if you don't have some sort of cue, some sort of reminder to say, oh yeah, it's time to get that done, you're not going to remember to do it. You're not going to be able to set the habit. Another popular way that some of my patients have used is setting a reminder on their phones or some sort of alarm. So whether it's an alarm to meditate or pray, they have a reminder on their phone saying, okay, it's time to meditate. It's time to pray. It's time to do your devotional, whatever that might look like for you. So a reminder is very important to get the habit going. The next step is the actual behavior itself. So the routine. And so what it is that you are actually doing, the habit itself. And in this part, I usually teach that we keep it super simple because a lot of the women, probably like you, a lot of the women that I work with are are overachievers. (laughs) They're overachievers, they're perfectionists. And so they tend to overcomplicate the process of things. And so say, for example, I have someone who wants to start planning. One of her, her habits is I really want to start planning my day because I'm finding that I'm always rushing I'm always forgetting things, but I feel like if I have five minutes in the morning to plan my day, then things will be so much better. The problem is that 
think she gets so wrapped up in the details and the nitty gritty. And, you know, am I using the right pen? Am I using the right journal? Is this journal good enough? Is it, you know, and so then it becomes too overwhelming and too burdensome that she just ends up giving up very quickly. And so in this part, I always recommend, please keep it as simple as possible throw away your perfectionistic tendencies, throw away just overcomplicating everything. If it's planning, for example, all you're doing is getting a pen and a notebook and just saying, these are the three things that I want to do today, right? And not trying to go hour by hour, minute by minute, planning your day and you know, forget all the Pinterest and Instagram and YouTube stickers, planners, color-coded things. That's not what we're aiming for. We're aiming for simple. So for example, walking, right? How much, so I'll go back to the patient who I was working with, with the walking. Instead of her thinking, oh, now I have to get back into the habit of walking 19 minutes a day. This seems so overwhelming. It seems so hard. It's going to take so long. I was like, no, the goal right now is to really shrink that habit, shrink that behavior, the routine into its least bearable component, like the component that you can bear. And for her, it was taking one lap around the house, putting her shoes on. I'm just going to take one lap around the house and I'm going to call it and check that off as success, right? For some people, it's doing 10 jumping jacks instead of saying, oh, now I have to get my workout clothes, and then I have to go to the gym 6 a.m. every morning, right? Because I need to work out. No, all we're doing is 10 jumping jacks a day, and then that's it. Because at the end of the day, the consistency is really what's going to compound over time. If you create these elaborate routines or these elaborate habits and they never get done, you might as well not even bother, right? But if we can keep things as simple as possible, keep them consistent, then you're more likely to end up with success. The other thing I teach in this section when I'm going through things with my patients in this section is habit stacking, right? Habit stacking is a terminology made popular by the author James Clare, the author of the book Atomic Habits, one of my favorite books. There are other psychologists that have studied this as well. The author BJ Fogg, who wrote Tiny Habits, another great book if you're wanting to learn more about habits. And he also talks about making the habit as small and as simple as possible. He also talks about stacking habits together or putting habits together. What does that look like? It looks like going through your day already, whether we like it or not, as human beings, we are creatures of habit. So you already have things in your day that are part of your routine. So I'll give the example of another patient. And so this is someone that wanted to drink more water. This patient was surviving on Diet Coke and coffee. And so they wanted to drink more water. And so when we talked about habit stacking and we talked through, okay, what are the things that you do consistently throughout the day? Okay, in the mornings, I come down and I put up a pot of coffee. Well, if that's something that you do every day, can we stack on another habit like drinking a glass of water during that time? And that worked really, really well. So every time this person would put on a pot of coffee, they would also drink water. The important thing is to set that as a goal, set that as an intention and say, okay, every time I put on a pot of coffee, I'm also going to drink a glass of water. And then so you're stacking a new habit that you're trying to form on top of another habit that's been 
well-established and already in existence. So going back to step three of this blueprint that I'm giving you to start a habit and keep it consistent, the routine part, keep it simple, and then also consider habit stacking, which is adding a new habit onto an old one. So step four is a step that we often forget and kind of gloss over, especially if you're someone who is a goal getter, someone who just wants to get things done and move on to the next. But it's really important and that is the reward part, right? So reminder, routine, reward. I like to call these three together the three R's. The reward is so, so important because what that does is it signals to your brain, okay, this was fun. This was kind of nice. We could do this again, (laughs) right? And it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. We're not talking about a shopping spree. We're not talking about a donut, right? We're not talking about anything that is going to set you back even more. But my favorite recommendation is if you're the type of person who likes to check things off, you can check it off and say, yes, I accomplished the goal that I set out for my day today. Author BJ Fogg, the author of Tiny Habits, talks about cheering yourself and celebrating yourself. Sometimes even you're giving yourself a pat on the back and saying, yes, we did it. We said we were going to walk for five minutes and we walked for five minutes and celebrating yourself that way. That's all you really need. But that step is critically important because that is what's going to give you that positive reinforcement required to want to do the habit again. It's the same way when there's a toddler who's trying to walk and every time they take a step, you cheer and you celebrate them and you clap for them and they want to do it again because they see that, okay, this is making everybody happy and so they want to do it again. And so it's the same thing for us. Same thing for our brains too. When you do something that you want to reinforce, you have to reward yourself. So do not skip over that step. Okay? Okay. So to recap where we are so far, we still have two more steps. So I've talked about writing the goal down, making it as specific as you can. I've talked about the reminder. I talked about the routine. I talked about the reward. The next step is accountability. And accountability, honestly, is so, so important. Not easier said than done because sometimes it takes a while to find someone who can keep you accountable and someone who can check in on you and maybe you're checking in on each other. But this is where a community who is on the same journey as you are will be very helpful. So whether it's I've seen Facebook communities uh, of people who are jump roping, so they're trying to get their activity levels by jump roping and they formed a community on Facebook. I've seen communities of people who are trying to learn to manage their money better or get out of debt or invest or real estate. I've seen communities of people who are trying to be better parents. They are trying to form the habit of better parenting, of becoming vegetarian or vegan or even just healthy eating altogether. So having some sort of accountability and sometimes the accountability is free, but sometimes to be honest, you have to pay for it. I recently have started paying for a personal trainer because I needed the accountability to get active, to actually start working out consistently. And so sometimes you have to pay for it, but having the accountability is so important because then on days when you really don't feel like doing what you're supposed to do and you're unable to get that motivation, having someone to sort of pick you up, 
someone who's maybe on the same journey as you are. And you're like, okay, okay, this person, yes, they're tired, but they're pushing it. I can push myself to sort of that healthy motivation. Okay. And speaking of motivation, the final piece in this blueprint that I want to talk to you about is really knowing your why, right? And I know that you've probably heard this over and over again, but it's so important. And the reason why it's important is because if you're able to connect with the reason why you are engaging in this habit to begin with, you're far more likely to stick with it. And so for me, I've really been trying to eat cleaner. So getting rid of processed foods, anything that has like packaged foods or anything that has ingredients in the label that isn't real food, I'm really trying to get that out of my diet. And for me, yes, I have had challenges with digestion, bloating, heartburn, and all sorts of GI issues, but my motivation actually didn't kick in. My why didn't kick in until my son, right? Until my son started to develop rashes on his face and on his back. And it seemed to coincide with certain things that he was eating. And for me, I was like, okay, done. Like I am done with these processed foods because at the end of the day, I want to be a good example to him. And I only want to bring things into the household that will nourish his body. Again, not to say that I don't care about my body. I don't care about everyone else's in my Home's body, I do care about everybody else and I do care about my health, but my why prior to now didn't really hit that spot where it was deep enough to keep me motivated so such that when I am driving past A&W and I'm tempted to get a chicken burger, I'm like, no, I think about my son and I keep it going. And so if you don't have a deep enough reason, it's going to be, yes, all these other things that I talked about prior to now will help. But having a deep enough reason as to why you are sticking to this habit is really going to keep you consistent and really going to keep you motivated. Now, is this a guarantee? No, because we are only human, right? So give yourself that grace that, you know, there will be seasons when you kind of fall off, you fall off the habit, whether it's because you travel, maybe you have visitors in the household, maybe it's the summertime, or maybe it's back to school. And so changes and transitions like that will affect your ability to stay consistent. However, if you go back to basics and write down your goal again, set your reminders, Think about keeping the routine simple and habit stacking, establishing a reward yourself, establishing accountability and reconnecting with your why. You're going to be able to get back on track again, even if you fall off. And so, yes, expect to fall off, but know that if you go back to this blueprint, you'll be able to pick yourself back up and build up the habit. Okay. Remember, consistency is the goal here. We're not aiming for hours in the gym. We're not aiming for a hundred glasses of water a day. Yes, you can always build up, but starting small and starting simple is the key to getting that consistency that you can then build up from. Okay. I really hope you found this episode helpful. And if you did, be sure to share it with a friend, maybe a future accountability person. Maybe you've been talking about eating clean or journaling, or even praying more with some of your friends, and you want that accountability, share it with them, form an accountability group, and 
see where it goes, you know, and then follow this blueprint and see where it goes. Okay. And I'd love to hear how things are going for you. I love it when I get the feedback from you guys saying that, oh, I tried this. It was really helpful. Or I did this. It was really helpful. And so I would really love to hear from you. Once you start to implement this and tell me how things are going, you can reach me on Instagram. I'm at Day. So that's dr.yuande. And on LinkedIn, I am Day Olamide. And as usual, I'm going to end this episode with a quote by Michael Hyatt that says, consistency is better than perfection. We can all be consistent. Perfection is impossible. Until next time, remember, I am here always fiercely advocating for your happiness. Bye. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuande, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.